Support for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast comes from Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift for that hairy dad in your life. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, which I tried for the first time this week, is now available in the US and Canada. What makes this waterproof trimmer different from all other trimmers? This 7,000 RPM trimmer features skin-safe technology to keep your balls and your chest and your armpits, like you're talking about how I used it, and it has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. The craftsmanship and details in the 4.0 are next level. Additionally, guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4 let you trim to your liking. I'm blown away by the performance. I swear, I use it this week. I have no razor bumps. It's incredible. So men, if you've been shaving with that same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. And don't forget the Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. I used it in the shower. And join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. This is the perfect package for you and your dad's perfect package. Hook him up this Father's Day with our exclusive offer and get 20% off plus free shipping when you include the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Hey! You got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you with holes in your socks. A city slick as there was no water in spots. So we'd head to the corner with the water with debtors, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. This is Dad Hard with a podcast. And as always, I am your host, Mo Green. I said it last week, I'll say it again. We are just about out of quarantine. I know all us parents are very happy about that. Be able to get out and about, on the scene, in restaurants, going to movies, maybe. I don't know if I'm there yet. But welcome to episode 70 of Dad Hard with a podcast. Yes, 70 episodes in the books. It is insane. If this is your first time listening, I am just a dad who talks to other dads in hopes that I can help everybody, myself included, be the best dads that we can be, trying to make the world a better place one dad at a time. Uh, And as always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com and catch up on the entire Dad Hard catalog. Uh, We're almost coming to the end of season two. That's exciting. Two seasons almost in the books. That's crazy. Um, But let's get into this week's episode. Uh, because it is a full guest episode and I 
am so interested in speaking with my two guests. Yes, guests, plural. They're a husband and wife tandem where the wife is actually a professional surrogate to, to, to other people's children, helping them out, helping people that can't have children or don't necessarily want to put their bodies through pregnancy. We'll get into your story in a minute in specifics of that, but she is a professional surrogate. I have both her and her husband here. She's actually part of a surrogacy agency called Nessa. I am extremely interested to have this conversation with you guys because as we spoke about before we started recording, I, like your husband, also need to understand the, the mentality behind this because it's such a drastic thing to put your body through so many times. But we're going to get into all of that. So with no further ado, let me welcome another set of greens, Chris and Ashley Green. How are you? Oh, amazing. Yeah, we're doing good here. Fantastic. All this, all this pandemic stuff. I know, yeah. man. It's been, it's been really, really, really nuts. I'm sure with three kids of your own, it's also probably been pretty nuts. Has everybody just been locked in the house this last year and a half? <laughs> yeah, yes. And, well... There are times where it's just like, all right, kids, go outside. I don't care. Just go outside. <laughs> we, need to, we need a break. All right, get out there. How old are, your, are, are the three of your kids? We have uh, our daughter's 11. Our oldest son is eight, and our youngest son is six. Oh, wow. So they can really just go outside and entertain themselves at any given time. That's like perfect. I feel like that's like pretty perfect ages for this pandemic when you have to be locked in because you can kind of just let them go off on their own a little bit. Oh, a little bit, yep. Perfect. Perfect age for getting in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Perfect age for that. So in addition to having three kids of your own, Ashley, you have been a surrogate for three others. Yes. Wow. I, I need to wrap my head around 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 this experience. You know, what what got you in to wanting to to be a surrogate? Did you just like love being pregnant with your own kids? So now you just wanted to do it as much? What, what got you into that world? Well, when we were pregnant with our second child, so our oldest son, we had uh, an acquaintance who was pregnant at the same time as me with a surrogate baby. And that was the first time it had ever even crossed my radar surrogacy. It's just, it's not something widely talked about. And with her being pregnant, it, we were pretty much pregnant, like right at the exact same time. Yeah. So we went through everything together. For me, it was my second pregnancy. It was her sixth. And yeah, her first story to see a sixth baby. And, you know, it was for me, I was seeing everything that she was going through. And I'm like, that's just astounding that you would give that to somebody else, yeah. you know, but in surrogacy, it's always highly, highly recommended that you are done growing your own biological family Got it. before you start doing a surrogacy journey, because surrogacy can lead to secondary infertility in the surrogate. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they always advise you're done having your own babies before you go on to giving that gift to another set of parents. And we knew that we weren't done after two, so we were, it, we put it on the back burner. I mean, this was 2013, so it was one of those, we're just going to wait, we're going to get done with our family, and then we will come back to it. And when we came back to it, our youngest was one, 
And at that point too, I was kind of like, you know, we still need to wait. I want to, I want to wait until he's somewhat self-sufficient. I say somewhat because even still it's mom, can you make me mac and cheese? Of course. And like, oh my God. Okay. Your dad's sitting down. I know. <laughs> he's doing nothing. <laughs> See, when we got brought up the first time, she was pregnant with her oldest and I was kind of thinking, eh, maybe she'll just drop it. <laughs> You know, it, it, it'll, it'll get lost in the times. And then after Colin was born, and then she brought it back up again. And then it was like, well, maybe we should wait a little bit longer for for the kids to be more mature. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe this just isn't going to happen. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it at yeah. all. And then she brought it up to me. I'm just like, are you serious? Are you nuts? Again, <laughs> still? Here we are. She chipped away at me and chipped away at me and chipped away at me. And then finally, I was like, you know what? If this is really what you want to do, all right. So what, so actually, what was it about being a surrogate that got you wanting to, to embark on that journey and that lifestyle? So the crazy thing is, is when Chris and I first started dating, we started dating in 2001. Hey. So we have been together for darn near 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a ride. That's for sure. And when we first started dating, even, you know, it took us 10 years to have our first child together. Oh, wow. We didn't want kids. We didn't want any. Really? We were, yeah. yeah. Wait, like, this, this throws a whole wrinkle into the story. That is, yeah. like, that, that's insane. Yeah, it really, it really, really was. It was just more along the lines of this world is crazy. People are crazy and I, I don't know if I want to bring more people into this world that just seems to be getting scarier and scarier sure. if that makes sense you know and there was also several couples around us who seemed to have kids and then their relationship would just crumble yeah they're yeah. miserable they just seemed like they're only together for the kids and for yep. us I mean it's just like Why? you don't understand that you know, you're, you're, I mean, most of them were young at the time, but they're going to grow up and then they're going to realize that their parents are miserable. Sure. And then, and even with, even for us, our childhoods weren't the greatest. So it was just like, well, no, I don't think we want to do that. And, and we were really young when we got together and we, we got to, we explored the, our, our, the world, the country, we got to see the world a little bit. And then it's just like, Okay, we settled down. I got into my career, and then she was getting into her career, and it's just like it just something was something just seemed like it was missing. missing. Yep, so, I I know exactly the feeling. Then we 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 came up with the decision. You know, we she stopped birth control. Sorry, <laughs> birth control, and then uh, oh, that and then yeah, what is what is birth control again? What's that thing called? Uh, so she stopped thinking that and we, we were thinking like you know this might not happen you know we'll just see what happens yeah and it's just a week later boom she's she's pregnant i'm just like what did i do walk past her and sneeze on her like, are you nuts this happened fast you know i was at work and i got the phone call and it was just like it was like in the middle of the day it was, it was late day. it was late early or it was late morning and yeah. it, it was just like i got a phone call to call her and I had no idea what it was. So I called her and she told me, and I'm just like, Oh my God, a big Mack truck just hit me. Yep. Yep. Full on. So when I got home, it was, she met me at the driveway and then 
I'm like, I'm still kind of freaking now. And I think she's still kind of freaking out. Then we sit down. And I think at one point I cried and then she cried. It was just all kinds of emotional. And then we brought the baby home and that was the most breath-wreckingly drive home. It was <laughs> You've just never like, driven so oh carefully. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was at 10 and 2. It was, like, it was like driver's ed all over again. 100%. <laughs> I, my, my, my wife's dad drove us home from the from the hospital. And, uh, you know, sorry, Joel, but I'm going to put this out there. We, he, he, we, we all make fun of the fact that he drives, basically drives so slow it's backwards. I've never been... <laughs> happier to have him driving a car than when we came home from the hospital with my daughter. I was like, Joel, you keep that backwards driving going. Do not stop that now because we need to be as safe as possible. So I completely understand that is it's so once you have that kid and you're you're transporting it, it's just like everything else is you just want to put everything in a bubble and not and make sure and do everything you can to keep that bubble in full tact so i chris i feel you a hundred percent there i I, i'm I'm fully fully in agreement with you and our car gets too close i'm like hey hey hey, you just you just back off there man That's, yeah, I mean, and it was like the very first time that we saw her, it was like, what the hell are we waiting for? I know. Yep. I, I cried when I threw, uh, when the nurses were uh, cleaning her up, and then I cried during the, the cutting of the umbilical cord, and then mom got to hold her, and then she held her for a while, a long time, started the breastfeeding and then I, I got her and then it was just, you know, everything else around me shut off. It was yeah. just me and her in the chair. Yeah. Falling asleep. Must have been nice. Yeah, right. You're right. Because you don't get to sleep. You don't get to sleep during once once that once that baby pops she out in the first the place. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that I think that was the point where we we realized, you know, this actually is something amazing and it really was that. What the heck were we waiting for? Yeah. And so for me, going back to your question originally, like, why would you yeah. do that? Giving that feeling to somebody else, I always say there's not enough words in the English language to describe the feeling of seeing the parents with their baby for the first time and knowing you are the reason that they're holding that wow. baby. Wow. That's, a, that's such a beautiful, I mean, that's such a beautiful thought process yeah. to have that's incredible that so so you're just actually a truly like just like an incredible person that's why you do this thank you i yeah i mean everybody always asks you know do you do it for the money and i'm not no you yeah. don't you, that is not why you're doing it one if you're thinking about the, the pay on something like this i mean you are pregnant 24 7 it's not a nine to five monday through friday job like you are pregnant 24 yeah. 7 oh yeah and break down any kind of compensation i mean it's like you know pennies per hour pennies yeah. it, there's other jobs that are way less stressful that you pay a lot more yeah I mean, for sure so, yeah, and it's just, it's one of those things where that's not why we're doing it. We're not doing it for the compensation. We're doing it to give this gift to people who never thought that they would have babies. You're, in for, you're in for one heck, one terrible roller coaster ride if you're just in for the money. Oh, yeah. You, it, it, you, it, you can't, I don't think you could. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. Now, obviously, I, I've never been in that position, right? My wife's not a surrogate. I don't know. I, you, you guys, are the first, you guys, are the first ones I've, I've ever met personally, you know. But, but I can imagine that doing it for the money makes it, you know, you either have to be really desperate for, for, for that money, but it's actually probably not worth it because you're putting your body through so much stress, so much emotion. So hormones are all over the place and everything like that. So, I mean, I feel like you, this is the reason why one should do it. And that's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful gift that you are able to give to somebody and that you're sacrificing that toll on your body, your emotions, your hormones, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and on your husband and I'm sure on your kids and all that, it's yeah. a big sacrifice to do that, but you're doing it for the right reason. And, and to sacrifice all that just for a couple bucks, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's not worth it. So how many, how many months total with across, <laughs> across all six kids that you've now, six, six, six kids that you've birthed, how many months total have you spent pregnant? All of them. <laughs> exactly the answer i was looking for chris you and me were right here buddy she was pregnant she was pregnant no oh my god he he, it's so funny because oh my gosh i don't so i've only ever i've never gone the full 40 weeks in any of my pregnancies but i think i'm kind of blessed i've always delivered at like 38 37 weeks so i've never (laughs) experienced that full 42 week oh my god i'm just done being pregnant and probably that's probably why I keep doing it because trying to get that experience you're trying to get that experience once you hit that that's when you know you've run your course oh yeah so for me I'm always like I'm uncomfortable I'm not you know I'm I don't she is basically built for having babies I mean she is a woman so that's you know there's that but I mean it's just she handles it so well it's just it's 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 very it's very blessing for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For, I mean, we, we, I mean, I, like I said, I sneeze on her and she gets pregnant. So for, for her to have to carry babies is, is very easy. And it just, there, there's not a, there wasn't a whole lot of extra work involved that, that I seen. I can't really speak for her, but I'm going to, there wasn't a whole lot of extra work. I mean, for the especially with the first round, I mean that was with the twins. Yeah, the first round, the twins, the first journey. I mean, it was just like it was textbook perfect. Really, she hit every note it after really note was. after note, and then I mean, with our three kids, it was almost. I mean, there was a little bit with our, especially with our with our uh, last child. But she was she was she was pretty miserable. I mean, I was. I I realized after that pregnancy that apparently I'm allergic to peanut butter. Oh my god. And, and, and that's all I would eat because I'm like, okay, protein, it's a really good snack. And it didn't hit me until I, after I had given birth to Colin and they gave me a piece of toast with peanut butter on it and I threw up immediately. And I'm like, it's been the peanut butter this whole time. Wow. <laughs> she lost a lot of weight I with her youngest. I mean, you, you would see the, the transition of, of, of first being pregnant, you know, the, the the weight gain and and just the the changing of the body. Well, hers was the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, wow. She, and it she, was peanut butter. It yeah, was all she peanut weighed butter. less <laughs> after the pregnancy than before she was pregnant. Yeah. Really? So yeah. yeah, it was. You could see the change. I mean, 
her face got so narrower. She lost her chubby cheeks. Yeah, they're back now. I mean, it's <laughs> just, she almost looked unhealthy, really. Yeah. Wow. I mean, everything else was healthy, but she just had lost so much weight. And then her lose, and then after the baby was born, she lost so much more weight. And then it was actually a little bit, it was actually a little bit before she started gaining weight again. Wow. And so. Yeah. But I mean, it was just crazy because I'm not like allergic to peanuts. I don't have like any kind of other allergies or anything. Allergies. I, yeah. I, I think mean, it's the oil that. Yeah. It's probably the oil. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because I can eat peanuts and be fine, but it's that peanut butter. It's. Oh, man, I, I can't believe I went through that whole pregnancy not putting those two things together. Like, oh, you eat peanut butter and you're going to get sick. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so it's it's funny. It's funny that you you mentioned that 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 you know they recommend for you to not start being a sur not start being a surrogate until after you're finished with your own family. Okay. It's interesting to me that you still decided to go through that after your final biological family pregnancy if that, i guess that's what you're gonna what we're gonna call it here um yeah. after that pregnancy went so harsh and it was so harsh and so taxing on your body did, did you know like right off the i mean you know you 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 guys both alluded to it that after the first time you know you you talked to your friend who is surrogating a, a child for another family i'm just gonna go through all different iterations of, of what i'm gonna call that process throughout this whole thing but did, did that did the final pregnancy like deter you at all from wanting to continue along that path into being a surrogate or did you just, were you just like, you know, and excuse my French here, but were you just like, fuck it. Like I had this in my mind, like, let's just go, you know? I think for me it was as long as I knew what that trigger was. I Got know it. it wasn't being, it wasn't the pregnancy, Got it. you know, it was what I was eating. Got oh, it. she's just nuts. <laughs> I'm just she's nuts. just nuts. It, 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 it was, I think it was really just the, if I can find what, what it was that was causing me to be sick. I never got diagnosed with hyperemesis or okay. anything like that. It was really just if I eat peanut butter, I was going to be sick. Wow. And it, I think it's a good preparation for those early stages of pregnancy when you go through that morning sickness where I knew what I needed to do to keep hydrated at least. So after my last biological pregnancy, I was not sick again. Really? Even with the twins or with the slash journey. I mean, I was nauseous and things like that, but I never actually vomited with yeah, those I, two pregnancies. Uh, did you ever vomit at all? No, not with those two. Yeah. With Colin all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, so that that was gonna be that was gonna be my question was there was like in relation to, to the morning sickness specifically, but I guess we can take it from there since you didn't really have that. You know, with the taxation that it takes on the body and the hormones and motions and all that type of stuff, did you ever regret the decision to to be a surrogate? And Not one single time. Really? Not at all. Once you see, well, for for the twins, when we first met the dads. I mean, when they, when, when we picked them up at the, at the airport, I mean, it was, they came, I mean, they were coming out, they called all cars, they, they brought everything. They came, ran, ran right up to Ashley, gave her a great big hug. They and they're right European, up to me. so it was they, the cheek kisses. Oh, yeah. oh my like, God. Oh my God, okay, what is that? <laughs> I mean, there was no, but even though they were in contact with each other, like daily through the whole process, I, I had only talked to them a couple times through like Skype or, or, or emails or, or whatnot and then it was just like 
they came in like a, a they were like full board yeah Boom. Bam. wow right, right there and the one that as soon as i i i can almost guarantee as soon as he, he seen us he started crying wow and that's that's i mean that was wow. that was my choke i was i was hooked and i was reeled in and then it was just all right this is gonna happen this is this is going to be interesting. This is going to be great. So, Chris, yeah. you're also an incredible, just an incredible person. That <laughs> both of you are just incredible people to 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 think like that and to and to really like bask in the joy of somebody yeah. of somebody else, especially somebody else that can't do this by themselves. You know, my my mom always my mom always tells me a story. Her best friend couldn't get pregnant, and she 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 tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and, tried and couldn't. And she was so upset. She was in a state of depression. They lived in Chicago. My mom, her and her husband lived in Chicago. My mom was in New York. And my mom flew out there. And she was like, she was almost like ready to like end, end it all for herself. She was so upset that she couldn't get pregnant. My mom goes to her. She says, she says, what's more important? Having a kid or being pregnant? And that it changed her whole, changed my mom's friend whole outlook on it. Yeah. They ended up adopting two kids, right? They, they went the adoption route and ended up adopting two kids that are incredible human beings. They're amazing. So to be able to give that gift to somebody, just knowing that experience that, that I've had, you know, that little bit of connection with, you know, it must be so, you guys must really be incredible people. Like I mentioned to really appreciate what you're doing and the gift that you're giving to somebody else and to be so selfless you know and chris also i mean i know ashley it's your body and everything like that you're going through all the the bodily stress but chris yeah. to, to to be so on board with that is just absolutely incredible i don't know if i could do that i i mean my wife definitely would never even think about being a surrogate <laughs> so like that's off the table but i don't know if i i would be able to to, to, to do that, it takes a really special person from your side, Chris, to, to be so encouraging and wanting and, and, and urging and down and, and in it all the way to to watch your wife go through all of that. Especially the fact that she's, you know, been pregnant for nine years straight or something like that almost. Exactly. You know? <laughs> oh, Dude, God. you gotta stop. You're about to make me cry. Uh, um, but no, no. I think, I think, that, I think what if it's that first introduction with the dads, if, yeah. if I don't think if they wouldn't have been that strong, if they would have been a little more standoffish, if they were, I don't know, if they weren't so personal yeah. up, up front, I don't think that connection for me in this, in, in this uh, experience would have been, I wouldn't have had such a motivated effect on me. I, I just, it. if, if it would have been just, Oh, hi, how you doing? Oh, yeah. Or a more I mean, awkward interaction, you know what I mean? If yeah, it was a little bit awkward. I mean, for us, it was, I, it's, it's, it's for them, it's their tradition, it's their uh, culture. I don't, culture to be that way with, you know, yeah. very, 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 very touchy Very, very touchy. And if they weren't that way towards us, I don't think I would have been so trapped into this wonderful journeys. Wow. And then, and then. I don't know if I'd be so inclined to do it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But with that power that they gave us, and it just opened up more of a, I don't know, a drive for it. Yeah. I mean, and then it was just like, all right, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever the wife or the mother or whatever she needs. Except for it's not the bathtub. 
There's always that one thing. There's always that one thing in marriage that just I'm like, if you do bathroom. this. It's not me leaving the coffee cup wherever I leave. It's, it's a the freaking bathtub. Oh, there is a big bathtub. Listen, it has to be a big bathtub if she, for all the time she's been pregnant and, and having to get in yeah. get in there to relax herself down. It must be it must be a pretty big tub. You it's know? a really nice jetted bathtub, so I get annoyed when I have to clean it before I can use it. You know what? I, I don't. You know what? I, I'm with you on this one, Ashley. I'm with. I'm with. I, I'm going to take her side on this one. That that's that's a that's a good, glorious tub. I, it has. It's got to got to get cleaned down. Walk me through the actual surrogacy process. How do you meet the potential the the, the new parents, potential parents, the clients? I don't know what I'm supposed to call them, but the <laughs> the, the people who you're who you're surrogating for. How how do you go about that that process and what's that 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 entire process like how involved are they how involved chris also like how involved are you in the whole situation but walk me through that process so for our first journey i went through an agency not the same agency i work with now it was god chris like chris said that that journey was just like textbook perfect it was boom 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 which is incredibly rare in surrogacy sure Uh, like, I signed with the agency in April of 2018. And when you sign with an agency, it's you have to go through a background check and you do a psych screening and they review your medical records. And I mean, it's almost like a super duper, like, in depth job interview. Like, they do, they want to make sure one, I don't, Chris always calls me crazy, but they want to make sure you're not crazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> which you, which you do right. probably have to be a little bit crazy in order to just to, to give up your body like this, but also, also either crazy or a saint, either right. both, both, a little bit of both probably. <laughs> yeah. So you go through that intake process with the agency and they're called intended parents at okay. that point in time where they're already signed with the agency that you're using. So they, what happened with us is once we passed their initial intake, they sent me, the agency sent me parent profiles. So when you apply to an agency, they have some very specific questions they ask you. How do you feel about termination of pregnancy? When would you terminate? What kind of relationship do you want to have during the pregnancy? What kind of relationship do you want to have after the pregnancy? You know, where are you okay with the parents being in the delivery room with you? I mean, it's a very in-depth application process because they want to make sure that all of your views align with all the parents' views as of course. well. Otherwise, you're going to have one horrible journey. So they only sent me profiles from parents who have the same views that I did when I answered those questions. And for me, they sent me, I think it was like three or four at a time. And I was like, how do you even pick? Like, yeah. how do you choose who to give a baby to? It's so, but I think when I read the dad's profile, I was just like, these guys sound absolutely wonderful. We got to see pictures of them. You know, when you're, when you're a same sex couple, like the dads are, you know, that you're not going to have your own babies, sure. you know? naturally so for them coming to this process they didn't experience the heartbreak that you know a traditional couple may have experienced coming up to this point they like they live in spain i've talked to them about like doing all these pr things and i'm like how much can i share how much can't i share type of a thing they're like 
you know, go for it. We're open books here. That's and I was awesome. like, yay. So they're in Spain. So for us to cultivate that relationship, like Chris was talking about, it was, it was a weird introduction the first time. I always feel like it's almost like a blind date type yeah. of situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, once you actually finally yeah, pick, once you pick the parents, that you want to work with as a surrogate, they also send your profile to those parents. And then it's like, do they like me enough? Like, are they going to choose me too? Because it, it really is a, a collaborative effort. Like I have to choose them and they have to choose me. Oh my so God. I, it's like Tinder for babies, for, yeah, for having babies with somebody else. It's so crazy because I'm like, they actually are trusting me enough to do everything yeah. that I possibly can, or, you know, it's, they're giving all of that control over to somebody that they've never met. They've only, you know, read my profile on a piece of paper and seen some pictures. Sure. So when you have that first match call, they call them match calls. They, the dads only speak Spanish. We only speak English. So How did that work? <laughs> we have a translator on our translator match call. Oh, then, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yep. Shout out to and, Google Translator, you know? Yeah. It was it was just it's a weird it's a weird feeling going into it. Like it's not a, a love type of relationship, but it's still a very, very, you know, intimate, intimate relationship yeah. that you're going to be having with these parents as their surrogate. And so once you have the match call and everybody's like, yes, we're, we want to go forward, then you schedule what's called medical clearance at whatever clinic the parents are working with that have their embryos. Got it. So I had to fly out to Idaho because that's where the parents from Spain had a clinic in Idaho. <laughs> so, that's not yeah, random yeah. or anything like that. Wait, yeah, you, could, so you didn't even you didn't even get a you didn't even get a trip to Spain out of this. That's I, crazy. Well, Spain's borders are still closed. Yeah, they're still so closed. Yeah, we want to go visit them. And they're always oh. like, yes, come. Because the twins actually turned two yesterday. Wow. And we had originally planned on going when they turned one, but that's right when COVID, you know, hit. So we're talking about, you know, 2020 last year. And their borders are still closed because I wanted to go after this journey. After we were done with this last journey, we wanted to go too, but COVID. Yeah. It's insane how much traveling you do as a surrogate kind of if the clinic's not close to you yeah so that that flight and that whole trip was a super quick turnaround like i got to boise at 11 o'clock at night my appointment was at nine o'clock the next morning and i flew home at like three o'clock that next day it Jesus. was literally a 24-hour turnaround because medical clearance is ultrasound to make sure your uterus doesn't have any glaring abnormalities sure blood work and meeting with the medical team going over medications so the appointment itself took approximately two hours. And then I went to the airport and just waited because I'm like, I have all my stuff. I have my flights in, you know, two more hours. So I'll just hang out at the airport so, yeah. and eat, you know. And so we did that. I was very excited, I guess you could say. It was my first journey. It was like, okay, what do I, what can I do next? How can I make this go faster? How can, what can I do? What can I give you? How can I help? So I was calling the clinic probably three days later. Hey, you got a results? Like, can we yeah. go forward? Are we ready? Are we ready? And it was, we're just waiting on Chris's results because Chris didn't have to go with me to that clearance. They just sent his lab request oh, to the hospital near us. So he just went and had his blood drawn there. And I was like, okay, like, can we go? Can we go? So I had my medical clearance appointment on July 26th and we were cleared on August 2nd. Wow. 
So yeah. it was it was quick. And then the next step after medical clearance is called legal, where you have a very in-depth contract between yourself as a surrogate and the intended parent. Sure. That contract is approximately 60 pages long, give Jesus or take. Christ. Yeah, and they go over every eventuality that you could possibly think of. So I have a question so I have a question on that. Like as sure. far as like as far as the legal side is concerned, right? Yeah. I, I assume I assume there's probably clauses in there about about termination and stuff like that, right? And whether you you can do it or what causes that, that that would give you the right to do it. But how much control and this might not even actually necessarily be in the legal process, but how much control do the do the intended parents have over your pregnancy and i say that in an example like you know let's say for for example right let's say they were let's say they were orthodox jews right that want that wanted you you to keep kosher right is that something that would that they would ha that they would ask and have control over or if they didn't want you to eat pork or if they only wanted you to eat organic or stuff like that is that all stuff that they have control over and go and that all happens in that con legal contract or do you have all the control over, you know, what's going into your body regardless of their wishes? Those are actually questions on intake paperwork. It, one of the questions is, would you be willing to eat a specific diet if the parents requested it? Got it. Um, if you say no, they won't match you with parents that Got want it. you to eat a specific diet. Got if it. you say yes, then they can. That is in legal documentation. You Got can it. ask for anything in your contracts. If they want you to eat organic, if they want you to eat kosher, if they want you to eat halal, anything like that, that is always in the contract. But the thing about it is it, you're not with your surrogate 24 hours a day, seven days a week to make sure she's compliant. It, it, it's a trust thing. It of course. Really, really is. Surrogacy is hugely about they trust you as a surrogate to do what you need to do and what you agreed to do. Sure. They can ask you for just about anything, and when you get a copy of that contract, you can take out just about anything or Got put it. any request in that you have. That's why I said, you know, they make sure they only match you with people who have the same views as you do because you wouldn't want to go get to the contract phase where they've already invested all this money to get you medically cleared just to have contracts fall apart because there was a poor matching process through the agency. Got it. Yeah, so that is all usually taken care of before contracts even come out because you don't want to it, it, have any surprises in that in yeah, that kind no, of thing. Like, whoa i didn't agree to this right right exactly but there's also that intent thing where you know you can intend for one thing to happen but for some reason something else comes up that of course xyz happens yeah all that is hashed out usually before contracts, but then once you get to contracts, it's legally binding. So if you as a surrogate agree to do something, say eat organic, and the parents come back and find out you're not, that's a considered a breach of contract on the surrogate's part. And that can, there's other legal, you know, ramifications from that. You know, the parents can stop your compensation, for example, because you're breaching the contract, you're no sure. longer following, you know, what you said you were going to follow. So parents can stop compensation. And there's also what's called an escrow company that holds all the funds that's usually independent of parents, legal and agencies. I always tell my surrogates and my parents when they come to our agency, never ever, I'm sorry if this pisses any agency off, but you shouldn't be doing this anyways. Do not hold escrow. Do not go with an agency that holds escrow. That's super, that's a bad, bad thing. Where the, um, where, as, where, age, where the agency is actually holding the money, you yeah. mean? I would agree. Holding, the agency is holding, you know, $75,000 
and they're paying the surrogate because it's the escrow is the intermediary between parents and surrogates. So escrow pays surrogates based on, you know, everything in that contract. And a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of times, but agencies sometimes don't always follow the contract letter or don't pay when they're supposed to pay or just take the money and run or, and there's actually a giant lawsuit going on right now, a class action lawsuit against an agency owner that did that. Oh, wow. um, couple million. So that's why I'm like, anytime I'm, I'm an open book when it comes, I totally like to be transparent and honest. So agencies, if you come to me and you're like, Oh, I'm talking to this agency, but they hold up escrow and I'm like, run. Yeah. Run the other way. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, that's. Nah, I, feel, I feel like that's the same. That's the same thing with anything that goes through escrow. You know what I mean? If you're like trying to close on a house and the and the company right. you're closing on, they're like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. We'll yeah. keep it for safekeeping. No, don't you worry about it. I'll be really yeah. worried about it. So I can, <laughs> I can imagine. Chris, what's you? So what's your relationship like with the with the intended parents at this point? And and how involved are you? Obviously. You're there 24-7 every day to watch her and there for her to go through everything that she's going through, you know, being pregnant and everything like that. But what's your involvement in the actual process? She mentioned that she mentioned that you need to go through medical clearance as well. Why, 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 does, why do you need to, as the husband or, or partner, need to have that as well also? And, and then what other, how, how involved are you otherwise? I think, I think it has to do with the support system. Got it. Uh, they want to make sure that uh, while she's going through this journey that she has a strong enough support system. So I get involved into the uh, psychological at first. I mean, um, obviously there's not a whole lot of medical other than the blood test to make sure that I'm really not even sure. Why. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Well, I would assume that would I maybe be because there's no diseases or, or anything like that, that maybe could be like terminal or something that could affect the him being a, a support system or something like that. I guess that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. It's called FDA testing that the husbands have to go through. They get screened for any STDs because obviously we're married. Well, if, I guess that was obvious. <laughs> but still, some people may not think of those things. So. No, I, I actually never would have. I never would have yeah. put the two and two together with STDs. Well, before I let you, I, I ask you to continue about your involvement, Chris, I want to touch on this a little bit. Is there, is there like, the clause in contracts that can be asked where like you guys can't have sex with each other like during the pregnancy is that the, is that something that they can ask for uh, again they can ask for whatever they want yeah that's right i guess that's true right they're lucky enough that they never did yeah i mean that's not true i i have to step in here because when you go through ivf there is a period of well, time i get to that it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> Patience. It's not my strong suit. No, listen, it's not a lot of our strong suits. Let's be honest here. <laughs> So there is a period of time before transfer that once you start injectable medication, they ask you to abstain from sex until heartbeat confirmation. That is pretty standard in all your contracts that is written out, but it's written as you'll follow physician orders. It's Got not, it. you can't have sex from July 1st to August 30, 31st. You know, yeah. like there's nothing like that in there. It's follow physician's orders all the time, Got it. you know, because that's what you have to do. So Back to your story, it's Penny. It's pretty much, yeah, they can put in whatever they want. Yeah. But, uh, we've just been lucky enough that there was never uh, a clause other than the norm yeah. would be once she starts her, her hormone treatment up to viable heartbeat, you better not. Yeah. 
because then there's that test inter. I don't, I don't even know what it's called. Where they, did, anyways. Was like a like a paternity test type thing to make sure that it's not right. Got it. Typically, they don't do a paternity test on on pregnancy unless they have a reason to suspect that the baby is not the parents. You know that we didn't follow physicians' orders and we did have sex and this is our baby that I'm pregnant with. If they have reason to suspect that, then they can order a paternity test. Amniocentesis, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So yeah. They, they would order an amnio and do a paternity test. We've never, ever come across yeah, that. Your attorney, when you get your contract, she goes through it sentence by sentence with you. That's a pretty long phone call. Because like I said, those are like 60-page contracts. But it's because she wants to make sure you understand the legal implications of the things in your contract. Sure. So if it came back that, you know, we didn't follow physician's orders, we had sex, and we're pregnant with our own baby, we are responsible for paying the parents back everything that they have paid up to that point. Everything. Agency fees, anything they paid to the IVF clinic for me to get cleared, anything that they paid the IVF clinic for transfer, every single thing that they have paid for. So that's an expensive, that would be an expensive what? Like, like that's expensive five minutes yeah 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 that's true that is an expensive five minutes right, listen but you know what the right man the mindset that oh man we, we, yeah, we gotta yeah. refrain from this for yeah. Yeah. go over there like leave yeah. me out of it go take care of this yourself like, <laughs> <laughs> you stop that's amazing you guys are just, you guys are awesome i love talking to you guys this is you guys are so fun yeah but well so, so i i asked that because i asked that because you know in in doing a little bit of research for 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 this conversation i did watch the movie baby mama and that is <laughs> and that's exactly what happens they find out that that the baby is is anna ferris and dak shepherd's baby and not actually uh tina Fey's and 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 whatever because obviously that's pure reality right you know what i mean but but no, so so how so how involved are you then in in the process for beyond just the medical stuff, Chris? How involved are you with the intended parents? Are 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 you in communication with them? Or is it solely in communication with the agency? Solely in communication with Ashley? How how involved are you on that front? I I I generally don't get too involved with the IPs. I kind of take the back seat. I let uh, let let her get as much of much of it as, as she can it's i guess it all comes back to my own personality i, I guess i don't feel a need to where I, I get involved into them i just make sure that the the ips uh, intended parents know that i am giving her the most support that i can sure. and that keeping her as, as comfortable i try to clean the bathtub as much as i can <laughs> and he's said as much as he can a couple times or after a pillow or a pan gets thrown at me i've never thrown a pan he's lying <laughs> listen we've all thrown a pan okay it's, it's not, not a... thrown a pan at a person let's put it and, that way. Uh, <laughs> but just i let this i mean it was our decision but ultimately this was her decision i want her to take the reins on how much involvement our family gets in and 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 so i i generally take a, a back seat on, on that and and just let her get as much as she can out of it so yeah i have a very type a personality so i'm just like i got it you just, yeah 
I don't, I don't like trusting other people with things because I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to be done. Just move. I'll do it myself. No, I, I, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, well, what about your kids? Like, what's what? How how, how do they respond? That, that's what I'm. Re- that's actually something that I'm really interested in. Uh, is because obviously you've you've three kids before you even embarked on this on, on these two journeys. How like how did they react to it? No. Let me go first. Well, the first, the first, <laughs> the first. <laughs> The first journey, it was, they were really, really young. And so we even always explained it to them that, hey, mom's pregnant. And, but it's, it's, not the baby, baby. is, it's, it's not your brother. It's not going to be your sister or your brother. It's, it, it they, it, they're kids that will go to a different parent. That They belong to other people. So our daughter was, well, okay. All right. So she knew about it, but she, she was she, nine. She didn't really, like, yeah, whatever. She was more involved in Barbies and all that other stuff. And the boys, they were extremely young to where it was, our oldest son was kind of, kind of, okay, okay. so mom's having a baby, but it's not going to be my brother or my sister. Okay. Now, the second journey, there's where things got a little interesting. I'm sure. The more reason they're a little bit older, they know a little bit more oh, about what's yeah. going on. And then with, with our daughter being like 10 and 11, her sass and her attitude just skyrocketed so much. And she's being so... Um, she's just like her dad. And her mom. And express herself. Yeah. And she's she's experimenting with, you know, if I act this way, how is other people going to react, you know? So... It, it it sparked up a lot of conversations. It's what's the most? Well, what's what? Give me the give me the most interesting one. Give me the juiciest one of those conversations. You know, this is what you wanted. <laughs> this is what you wanted. Okay, so we go to St. Louis for a family vacation pretty much every year. It's like, you know, what we do. And <laughs> we went when I was pregnant this time around. So we're talking about like last August, June. What was it like September? Yeah, it was October, it was September, Octoberish. And we were, I was, I was noticeably showing at that point because I was probably like 14, 15 weeks ish and it looked like I was pregnant instead of just that I needed to poop or I had too many tacos. So we're sitting there at a restaurant in Union Station and the waiter comes up to our table and my daughter, who was 10 at the time, goes, my mom's pregnant. And he's like, oh, congratulations. And my daughter's like, but it's not my dad's. <laughs> And so we're all sitting there at the table, and I'm just like, and so was hilarious. That's amazing. What do I say? I don't even know what to say. Am I supposed to say something? Do I just walk away? He's like, you guys want some water? Like, (laughs) and so I go, no, it's not mine either. I'm a surrogate. So then I in the situation and she loved that reaction so that that conversation happened several different times when we were to go out to eat oh from that point God. on until we were like okay that's enough <laughs> you know that that's enough you know if i want somebody to know that this i'm pregnant with somebody else's baby i don't feel like having to explain that whole situation sure so we were like pretty much every store or any every restaurant every person it, we were to encounter like, after that my mom's pregnant, pregnant. And it's how my dad, so that's amazing. So, so from medical medical standpoint, right? With with the actual child, is it? It's not even your egg. It's what their it's their sperm and 
some in, in the case of the two dads right it's it's one or both of their sperms uh, some i know some some dads both they both contribute and then it's a toss up as to which one get uh, you know gets it is it your egg or is it another egg how does that work so there are two types of surrogacies there's what's called traditional surrogacy and that's when you use the surrogate's egg got it uh, there are the other type, which what I have been is called a gestational surrogate. So the babies are not genetically related to me or Chris at yeah, all. There's no biological no connection. No. So in terms of the dads, they got an egg donor. Got it. Because that's another part of a third party reproductive field is, you know, egg donation, sperm donation. Sure. They got an egg donor and the younger dad used his sperm to fertilize all the embryos. Got it. So it's biologic. The twins are biologically related to the one dad and the egg donor has no contact with them whatsoever. Got it. And usually it's anonymous type of a situation. So, yeah, they aren't related to us at all. Got and it. that's one of the things that we kind of hit home with our kiddos was, you know, even though mom's growing the baby or the babies in case of the twins, it was these are not our babies. You know, they are not ours. Yeah. And that's something that you have to go into the whole pregnancy with that mindset. Because I always get asked, you know, I don't think I could give up the baby that I grew. And it's one of those things where you're like, you don't go into this pregnancy thinking you're taking a baby home. Yeah. You you know, it's a whole different shift in your mindset where you're growing somebody else's baby. Yeah. So the, even the bonding, like during my pregnancies with my own kiddos, you know, it's this is my baby. I'm taking it home. But with the surrogacy pregnancy, it's a whole different experience where you don't even really bond with the baby. It's, oh, you're kicking me. That's cool. Get off my bladder. But, you know, like... so you really so you really are able yeah. to have that kind of biological switch where you actually feel different having somebody else's fully somebody else's child in in you as opposed to one that's really actually related right. to you you actually have that conscious a conscious switch that that goes off there yeah it, it really is too because it's one of those I, it's how i explain it is when you're pregnant with your own babies you do feel pressure to make sure you do everything well but you're only accountable to yourself sure uh, when you're growing somebody else's baby, there's this internal pressure in you as a surrogate that nobody else puts on you. You do it yourself, that you feel even more responsible for getting this baby here safely. Sure. Um, you know, your body is, you're doing this because you can, mm -hmm. obviously, because you respond to pregnancy well. But there's this other pressure that you put on yourself where you know the stories that, of these parents of what they've gone through or everything that it's taken them to get to this point. So you feel this insane amount of pressure that you want everything to go perfectly yeah. because they have waited so, so long, long of course. for these babies. And like Chris said, the twin pregnancy went beautifully. It was amazing i was only on bed rest for a week and it was because i had one contraction during nst and my, my ob is like you're off work. and i'm like i didn't even feel it <laughs> okay but with our most recent journey it, it was a traditional couple and they had experienced heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak before they came to us so much so as they had a late term stillborn oh and my god so yeah. for us, it was anytime anything even remotely went wrong, I was devastated. I'm usually in pretty good control of my emotions where 
I, I'm good at self-reflecting. Why are you feeling this way? You know, let's talk talk to yourself about it kind of a situation. Like, let's explore these feelings. But with this last journey, we had a couple of things, you know, not go perfectly. Typical IVF complications, but nothing that I had experienced before. And there was one time where I even, like, broke down crying because I'm like, they have wanted this baby so long. Nothing can go wrong. You know, and it's not, like I said, it's not an external pressure. Nobody puts this right. pressure on you, but you feel super responsible, even more so than your own kiddos, sure. to bring this baby to this world, to give to these parents who've had so much heartache. Well, yeah. I think the, the, the what makes it so easy for that switch is the just the whole pre-process where you go in for the psych valve down to the pregnancy where it's it's she how she's getting impregnated. It's just <laughs> well, that's that's funny. It, it, the first time it took like five people to get her pregnant. Chris likes to joke that it only took him, you know, but, one man to get me pregnant. <laughs> Time it's taken at least five. two to three. Yeah, it's five people. There was five people involved in the first one. So I mean, just the whole. I mean, it's very, it's very medical. So I mean, it's it's there is no real intimacy there for her to switch to that. No, Got it's natural hey, motherhood. Hey, have a full bladder, and I'm going to insert this catheter in your oh, yeah, and you're going to be bladder. pregnant. <laughs> There's no intimacy or at all, <laughs> at all into it. I mean. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. I guess that does make sense, and it 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 it, it just it just it, it was just kind of a shock to me that like it, it really does turn off that quickly, especially with like the, the you mentioned like the bonding afterwards and like with the kicking and everything like that. It, it's interesting to hear that it is actually so detached and it is so different than knowing it's your baby. I'm sure the, the biological connection that's in there probably also plays a role in that as well. But it, just, yeah. it was just it's just interesting to hear. I can tell you like love you love this. You love it. I love it. Absolutely. It is definitely I mean no, no matter where I go once once the the if anybody asks so like at my daughter's basketball games or whatnot the parents and that they are, there's always a so what do you do? So what does your wife do? I said well my wife just she works for a, a, a surrogacy company and then that always leads into what happened and then what we're doing right now ends up happening where it's just, just talk about it yeah, yeah. and they, they ask questions and and it's just we're always more than happy to talk about our journeys i particularly love talking about it because it it lifts that taboo yep. on infertility i agree we have family members on chris's side of the family who have experienced multiple miscarriages and recently had their first child via IVF and yep. then she found out she was pregnant organically, you know, with their second. That, that, so, that tends to happen a lot. For some women, they just need to have that little how-to on what to do. Yeah. And then once they have that, once they study for what they have to do, they pass the test and then it's like, okay, my, I, I know what to do now. So My husband's super sensitive when it comes to IVF. So it's just I like, can tell. I can tell. That's I, I just awesome. need a nudge or a jump start. Your body just needs a quick little, okay, here you go. Yeah, it needs a little quick little spark plug. You know what I mean? A little, little jumper, jump some jumper cables yeah. going in there. Yeah, you know? a jump start, exactly. Oh my God, please don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> no, I got to. It's, a, it's part of, listen, listen, it's that hard with the podcast. Those type of jokes are, 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 are part of the brand. My, my, my lead sponsor right now is a manscaping company. All that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. 
Well, listen. I'll tell you this: if you if you if you need if you need some good products to 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 take care of the stuff down below, Manscaped got you covered. That's my uh, that, that's the, that's a sponsor of this podcast. I might have to use it. Yep. Now listen, I also was never a big fan of, of of that. I just like never. And you know, if I if it got too crazy, then you know I'll I'll take care of it. But I, they sent me they sent me their new their new ball trimmer, the electric ball trimmer, the other day, waterproof. It's amazing, amazing. Incredible. I don't know. He's looking at me like <laughs> I don't know why he's even giving me that look. It's not like he actually, you know, trims often. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm just blessed with not having too much. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Let's start talking about body. <laughs> no, that's not what we're here for. Um, so, but, but, I feel so, like if he expects me to trim, he should also have to. That's exactly that what my wife said. Himself. Exactly what my yeah. wife said. So I started doing it. And now they sponsor the podcast, so I have to, you know? But so you're, so you're having a vasectomy. So no more kids for the family biologically? Or does that mean you're done with, with surrogacy as well? Uh, no more biological children. We knew after our youngest, his name's Colin, yep. after he was born, we were like, F this nonsense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, we always we have a funny story about how Colin was conceived. Like <laughs> we Give it were not to me. trying to get pregnant. We were not trying to get pregnant. Our middle son was only ten months old, and it was the middle of December, and everybody was sick. So I always joke. I'm like, we literally had sex one time that fucking month, and here's Colin. <laughs> and we had okay. So welcome to our life, America. This is um, amazing. <laughs> We had this Superman cape that was like a little dress-up thing for our daughter. And apparently, I, I tried it on, and that's all I was wearing. And that's how Colin came to the world. Ah, that's amazing! I, I think I was out snowblowing the sidewalk, and I came in, and she's wearing that, and... Oh, we got Colin now. There, there, there. Listen, I, I don't, I don't blame you. That's, that's great. So, are you planning to continue to, to be a surrogate or, and have more pregnancies? You are. <laughs> He's so funny. He, he acts like you didn't know. It's one of those things where our last journey was a little bit bumpy. Like mm-hmm. I said, we had typical IVF complications, but not typical for me complications. Sure. So it was one of those things where it we would have to have a sit down long discussion with you know me and Christopher would talk about it and I would talk to my OB about it and probably a maternal family medicine doctor it was just one of those have you ever heard of uh, SCH a subchorionic hematoma I've heard that it explained in the long elongated version so yes so I had one with this pregnancy, which is, like I said, typical IVF complication. SCH is pretty typical on IVF. It was my first time experiencing it. So anytime you're bleeding during pregnancy, you freak out. And I freaked out, not going to lie. I was like, holy shit, I'm bleeding, but not just like spotting after sex. Like I'm bleeding. I have to wear a pad, uh, you know, a pad. And it was, I got put into the hospital for it. Oh, that's, oh, wow. So is that, it was that bad. It was anytime you're bleeding when you're pregnant, they typically want you in the hospital. Sure, sure, sure. That's true. Last point of viability. 
type of a thing. So not only did I have an SCH, I also had what was called a low-lying placenta. So the edge of my placenta was quite close to my, my cervix. My wife also. And, yeah, and I had what was called an accessory lobe to my placenta. So I had the main placenta that was providing nutrients to the baby. Mm-hmm. And then I had like this little off-branch of the placenta, which was actually the one close to my cervix that was creating the SCH. And so for me, it was like, I'm getting all of these things like in this pregnancy that I've never experienced before. Is this the universe saying, woman, this is enough? Or is this just IVF complications? So for us, it would definitely be a long sit down conversation before I did a third journey. And it would have to be with like the perfect parent, like, you know, so not, not saying all parents aren't perfect, but it's just one of those, I have certain criteria that I would go for from now on that they would have to match those. Like, I think if the dads were to approach us and be like, hey, you know, the twins are two, we're talking about a sibling journey, that's something I would consider. Or even if the parents from the last journey were to talk about a sibling journey, I I, I don't know. Like, it, it would have to be a very certain set of circumstances that would get me pregnant again, I guess you would say. Listen, you've been pregnant enough. I don't blame you at all whatsoever. You know what I mean? What is the toll that it takes on your relationship together? Not, I mean, I obviously it's a huge toll on your body. I'm sure there's a huge, you know, there's a huge toll on, on Chris as well. Obviously not nowhere near as much as, as on you, but I'm sure there's a lot of stress and stuff on Chris as well to, to do, to deal with the fact that his wife is, is, is pregnant and for somebody else, you know, I'm sure there's emotions that goes in with that. I think with, with with the two, they were completely different due to the pandemic. Sure. Uh, the, the, the pandemic definitely affected the second one a lot. The first one, I took a lot of things for granted that I didn't expect to affect her like the way they did. And so there was there was some conversations. Uh, <laughs> I love how he says conversations. It's, well, we uh, never really got, I don't think we ever really got into much of an argument or anything. We don't like typically that. argue don't. anyway. So, so, I mean, it's, it's she... We'll say sit. She will. Like we, need to, we need, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> and and so I I took the the small things that I took for granted maybe because I didn't think they affected her much during the first or our 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 kids' parents our kids' pregnancies, and so there was a little bit of a like a learning curve. Yeah, a learning curve and an evolution for that. And then with this pandemic, it actually, the whole pandemic for us, it benefited us so much as a family and as, as a, as a couple too. I mean, really? exactly. I mean, we got, we got so involved in our kids' lives. As That's much awesome. As we could. I mean, Which I don't we, think our 11 year old appreciates now. Well, not now, but tough cookies. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, 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 we basically pulled them out of school and homeschooled them. For this whole year. For this whole year. And then, like, we, we, when, when the pandemic affected the schools, we just was like, you know what? They're done. We'll we'll just bring them home and we'll do it. And then it was, well, where everybody was trapped inside the houses, house for weeks, months, or whatever. You know, we went to the store and one of us went to the store and we got, games and puzzles and coloring books and all that and we just had family game night like every night that's or awesome sit on the couch and watch videos and so for for that it just it just made us stronger as a family and then with everything that i learned through the first journey 
I just took that and it, it was it, it was actually easier for us. Yeah. For because we didn't have a choice but to become couch potatoes. Sure, for know? sure. Well, for sure. So for her to be on bed rest when she had to, I mean, it wasn't that much of an impact. Yeah. And then when things were starting to opening up, like for like kids, kids of sports, I mean, I got, we got involved into them. Like she coaches and I coach all her. Wow. So it was, how much is it that she can do while she's pregnant? Well, it was, it was still early in the sports and everything else. I mean, with the homeschooling, it was, it was easier because for us, because she was already home. Yeah. She couldn't go to work. And, and that because of the restrictions through the pandemic. So she took care of the kids is schooling. And then I jumped in on the days I was off to give her a break. There was still a little bit of a learning curve there for, for us both. But I mean, for everybody, by, yeah. dynamically, it was just it the, the way the pandemic hit, it benefited us. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say our relationship personally, it doesn't change a lot. We've always been very much so. If something's not working, we need to have a conversation about it. That's great. You know, fix it, change it. Whatever. Yeah, you do whatever you need to do to make sure both parties are getting what they need. And like Chris was saying, we don't argue a lot. I mean, I don't think there's ever been an, an, an instance where we've actually like fought, like yelled at each other. But we except for the one time you threw that pin. Yeah, I mean, we have very complimenting personalities, except for the tub. I think that's the only time that I actually, like, cussed during my pregnancy with the twins is I was probably around 33 weeks, and I was gigantic, and he was working swing shifts, and all I wanted to do was take a freaking bath, and I get home, (laughs) and I get home after baseball, after, like, this giant (laughs) baseball game where I have to walk around, and our kids in baseball, and I have to handle and he's at freaking work so it must be nice and, <laughs> I get home, and i just wanted to take a damn bath and it is dirty so that's when i actually like cussed i was like i sent him this very very not nice text message i'm like you need to learn to rinse the motherfucking tub i am done with this situation <laughs> oh, I, listen, I feel you. I, 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 I feel you. My, my wife would have done the exact same thing to me, although it wouldn't have been the first time she cussed at me. So that's, that, that's yeah. the difference there. No, but it's, 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 it's great to see how complimentary you guys are of each other, right? I'm not a relationship expert at all whatsoever. Not even a little bit. I'm just a regular dude <laughs> whose life changed by having a daughter. And I decided to talk to parents every week about their experiences also so that I can learn how to be a better dad, right? That's, that's all I am. Right, But I, I have talked to a lot of couples and it is phenomenal to see how supportive you are of each other and, and, and how you can have these little tit for tats and back and forths and jokes and pokes and, and fun and, and, and it's all in good fun. You guys seem like you just have fun with each other and fun doing it. It's a beautiful thing to see, especially through all of these pregnancies and you know with with doing having the pregnancies for other people to see that you guys can be so supportive i mean you know specifically chris so supportive of you to do it you guys are really amazing people i can't say that enough but you guys are absolutely incredible and the reason why you're doing this and what you do and and what you're able to provide to people who can't provide it to themselves is just unbelievable I am not that good of a person at all whatsoever. So it is it is phenomenal for me to see that there are amazing people in this world 
And all, and to think that it all came from the two of you not originally wanting to even have any kids. I know, yeah. no kids for yeah, us, yeah. Nuts. And then here we are. You guys are incredible. This was like an honor for me to have this conversation with you guys. We're trying to do the most good where we can. That's phenomenal. You know, and, and that's really all you can do. Unfortunately, I can't make the world a better place for my kids, but I can at least hopefully have faith in there are other people like us who are trying to create a better world and eventually we might win out. That, that's, that's, all, that's all we can all hope for. But before I let you go, I do have two questions that I ask to every single guest that comes on the show. So I'm going to throw them at you. The first one is... And I'm sure you guys have a lot of these experiences, given all the all the, the the pregnancies and journeys and kids and everything like that. What is your favorite thing or your favorite experience about being parents? When you see the development that you're putting on the kids, like like, and it's the little things. Yep. Um, like for instance, just recently, our our youngest son can ride a bike without training wheels. Wow, he's ahead of me then. Work the work the work involved <laughs> in that, the work involved in that is just a big payoff that you know you he gets so excited when he takes his first uh, pedal yeah about dad hanging on to it or big brother hanging on to it and then the whole he can go down the street and make that U turn and come back up it's just like dad I'm doing it I'm doing it that's it's awesome those little things that just it that pays off for all the hardship or of the of the nagging and the whining, oh my God. Uh, the, the back talk, the sass, all, all that just goes out, goes out the door. Yeah, I, I love seeing the foundation that we've built with our kids coming back now, especially with our 11-year-old. She, We've always been very loving and open and emotionally available you know, for our kiddos because we want to raise those kind of humans. And coming back where we're, I'm hoping that we're putting in that foundation work with all of our kids, that after we get through those hard teenage years, they come back when they're out of the house and I don't have to discipline them, where they're going to, they're going to be good people and they're going to enjoy being with us and we're going to enjoy being with them. I love seeing that hard work pay off even now where our 11 year old, she's a preteen. So she's definitely in her room, door shut, leave me alone. I'm watching anime. But then there'll be times where she comes to our room and she's just like, mom, can we snuggle? And I'm like, yeah, yes. Every single time. Yes, please come here. All I want is my daughter to snuggle. The one time we went to this, this cafe, it's a, it's a small cafe just downtown and we were we were we go in there and we're like okay we're at a restaurant you guys you guys behave because when we generally go to a restaurant they're nuts yeah, we're a family of five we're right. not quiet so we go there we sit down and i was like okay sit down order your food and then our daughter gets up and it's like where are you going and she goes i'm gonna go open the door for this for this, this, elderly, for this elderly lady and i'm just like oh now i feel like an it's ass amazing. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. So, but you know what? You should feel like an ass clown and also like you succeeded because that's because of you exactly. that she decided to do that. The last question I ask is a little bit more of a selfish question. You know, as I told you, I, I am using this platform to try to be the best dad that I can be. So I ask everybody for somebody behind you in the parenting process or the parenting adventure, parenting journey, whatever you want to call it. What is your biggest piece of advice that you can give? Oh wow! You're getting you, patience. You, I mean, it's, it's it's something that's. I mean, I bet you get that all the time. 
uh, yeah. patient, but it's it's being prepared for not being prepared. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was not that long ago, our daughter came, and, Mom, I got my prayer, period. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good thing she came to mom and not to dad on that one because the dad doesn't know actually it was announced over Alexa to the whole house yeah <laughs> she was that's, a, that's it it's, was, it's like that it was, <laughs> mom I got my period okay. and then mom closes her phone or no, the tablet like, or whatever and right, gets I'm up and, and goes that's hilarious that's amazing. Here we go. My, Hang on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I think my biggest piece of advice is it's okay not to know everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You yeah. know, um, it's okay to make mistakes because you're human and you're raising humans. And the biggest thing I think with making mistakes is own up to them. Show your kiddos that mistakes happen. They're okay. It's not the making the mistake. It's what you do after that. Yeah. Learning experiences. Even, even I think there it's more impact when the parents make the mistake and you explain that to the kids because they see that, oh, mom and dad isn't perfect and they yeah. do make mistakes. Yeah. But as long as you stay true to how you fix it, They'll see that and, okay, all right, so I broke mom, so it'll turn into, so I broke mom's lamp. Oh, so, you know, that's our biggest piece of advice is it's okay to be wrong and make sure that you take ownership of that and how you fix that wrongness is actually what matters. Yeah. You know, like nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. I mean, watching, <laughs> I love watching the parents when, after I give birth, watching them with their babies for the first time, because I remember that experience where you like pick up this tiny baby and you're like, I'm going to break oh my God, What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What do I do? What do I do? I... Um, and, you know, even to our, the latest set of, of parents, you know, them holding the baby, it was like this. Yeah. Just like holding her out in front like this. And then like, you're not going to break her. You can snuggle her. I promise you won't break her. That's always a long, that was always a long joke for me, even for our, our, our youngest son when he was born. And when you see <laughs> the people that, that held a baby for the first time, they're so careful. That, and the first thing I'll say is it's okay. It's all right. Even if you drop him, just make sure you pick him back pick up. Pick him back up. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always, I always say that every day you keep them alive, it's a day that you won the day. Exactly. You know, and that's what, par- that's what parenting is all about at its core. Sometimes that's all you can do is like, I kept the little ones alive. Exactly. What'd you do today? I kept the kids alive. I kept my baby, I kept my kid alive. Absolutely. Guys, this has been unbelievable. Three greens, one call. This is awesome. I've, I've never had, I've never had that before. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. You guys are absolutely incredible ashley if 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 there's anybody out there listening that is interested in learning more about surrogacy or about nessa how can they how can they get involved and get connected to them so we have a website we have a u.s website it's called ness agency n-e-s-a-g-e-n-c-y.com that's our u.s link you can go on there my picture's on there you can also email me. My email's on there. You can read our story. Our story is really awesome as an agency. It was founded by two best friends. Nice. Rachel is the one who's an experienced surrogate herself. And Ursula is, you know, Rachel's best friend of over 20 years. And those are our two founders. 
and we are well established as a surrogacy agency in the UK. They have 38 journeys going on right now that they're wow. in the UK. And so we just launched about six weeks ago in the U.S., and we signed our first intended parents a couple weeks ago. Wow. So it's been an amazing journey. Like, I have been so blessed with this position. It's just because I love surrogacy. I love doing it. I love everything about it. And for me as a surrogate, you know, as a surrogate personally, I can only help one family at a time. But now that I'm a case manager, I can facilitate several journeys and help all these people and do all this outreach and all of this awareness. And it's something that I absolutely love. So anytime you want us back, you just let us know. I I will absolutely have you. I will absolutely have you back just to talk to you guys. You guys, the the, the energy, the energy that, that, that is coming through this screen right now to me is just, it's so inspiring and it's so beautiful. Like I literally have like, like the like the hair on my arms is literally standing up because I, like it, it's just so incredible what you guys are doing and willing to do and willing to put yourselves through your body your relationship everything all for somebody else it's unbelievably beautiful you guys are you know a little bit crazy but definitely saints once again i'm extremely honored to 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 be able to talk to you guys because you are incredible people well, thank you. Thank thanks you for, so much. You know, thanks for having us on and yeah, giving us this, it was, it was great. this yeah. opportunity to share our story together. Absolutely. I hope that we can do it together because yes. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I talk a lot about it and, you know, Chris's portion is, is kind of forgotten sometimes, but there's truly no way that I could have done this without him. And, you know, I, I absolutely adore him and... It's going to make me cry talking about it just because I love him so much and I love that he helps me through these things. And And I can see the, the love that you guys have for each other. You can see that. And listen, to do what you do, you guys have to have that love for each other, that un- unabashed just all in type of a type of a love and not that that not doesn't have to be that touchy feely huggy kissy type of love the what you guys have is just is incredible and you can feel it you can feel it just by how you guys talk about each other and the way you you go back and forth it's just been an absolute pleasure thank you thank you thank again thanks for having us of course uh, everything. I'm happy happy to have you back anytime <laughs> you want. This is this is awesome. This was awesome. I really I really appreciate it, guys. And I'll talk to you very soon. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com where this episode with a professional surrogate and her husband. What a conversation this was. It was my favorite conversation to date and definitely the most unique and best here on Dad Hard with a podcast. You can check out this episode. It'll be right at the top. You can check out last week's episode with Jason Martin talking about his life lessons. He's passing on to his kids. You can check out two episodes ago where I talk about my daughter's night terrors and keeping me up all goddamn night even though she's asleep. You can catch it all. Season one, season two, and in a couple months, the start of season three. Uh, Like I said, that's all for us this week. Till next time, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. We're out. Peace.
remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember man. back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Didn't care about nothing, man. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Get 20% off. And free shipping with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code DADHARD20. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped.